0: Russian Nazi propaganda spreads to the U.S. from Canada. In this article, e News exposed propaganda spread by the Russian government through a Quebec, Canada organization by the name of Global Research. This is happening today after RT was banned in the U.S. and many other countries last week. In this article e News takes a look at the evidence that Ukraine has been run by Nazis since February 2014. This is the title of the article by Global Research on Sunday. In this article, E-Turbo News publishes the history in a fact-check article written by Matthew Leno, an American Associate Professor of History at the University of Rochester. He is recognized an expert on Russian and Soviet history, Stalinist culture and politics, the history of mass media, and Soviet soldiers in World War II. In this article E-Turbo News also publishes an interview with Matthew Leno, explaining the false claim that Ukraine has been run by Nazis since February 2014. In this article E-Turbo News is republishing an eyewitness report from 2014 by the Ukrainian E-Turbo News representative, who was born and raised in the Donbass region. This is an honest view dated March 2, 2014 by someone who grew up in the Donbass region, and worked for the Ukrainian government as a lawyer. The current conflict in East Ukraine has been going strong and deadly after eight years. This is almost double the time compared to World War II. For people in Donbass, live has been a real challenge with no postal service, no banking services, and no access to Ukrainian services including pensions, no functioning airport no passport services and much more. The only way to travel was to Russia. In May 2014 there was a referendum in Donetsk and Luhansk, the eastern Ukrainian Donbass region. How did people feel? E-Turbo News re an article from May 14, 2014 entitled And What Does the Average Ukrainian Citizen Think in Luhansk and Donetsk? How Russian Propaganda Still Spreads Loud in the U.S. from Canada After the Russian taxpayers paid Russian propaganda TV station RT and RT America were removed from most Western countries last week, Russian manipulation is still very much alive on the North American market. RTTV can still be received anywhere in the world using a VPS when connecting to some Russian-friendly countries, but the platform, Global Research, features a Canadian domain name and offers an ever-expanding collection of conspiracy theories, such as the myth that the 9-11 attacks and COVID-19 pandemic were both planned in order to control the population. The website also hosts articles experts have attributed to a Russian spy agency. Michel Chasudovsky, born 1946, is a Canadian economist, author and conspiracy theorist. He is Professor Emeritus of Economics at the University of Ottawa and the President and Director of the Centre for Research on Globalization, CRG, which runs the website globalresearch.ca, founded in 2001. The website publishes falsehoods and conspiracy theories. Chasudovsky has promoted conspiracy theories about 9-11. In 2017, the Center for Research on Globalization was accused by information warfare specialists at NATO's Strategic Communications Center of Excellence of playing a key role in the spread of pro-Russian propaganda. A report by the U.S. State Department in August 2020 accused the website of being a proxy for a Russian disinformation campaign. With 382,000 subscribers mostly in North America, Global Research has been sending updates to key U.S. sources, including this publication. This was known by U.S. and Canadian authorities. CBC Canada published an article in April 2021 reporting about the misinformation by this so-called Canadian research company. On Sunday Global Research provided its evidence that Ukraine has been run by Nazis since February 2014. The story begins by saying, today, the dangers of military escalation are beyond description. What is now happening in Ukraine has serious geopolitical implications. It could lead us into a World War III scenario. It is important that a peace process be initiated with a view to preventing escalation. Global research condemns Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But it's getting paid by Russia to say this. Former Ukrainian President Viktor Fedorovich Yanukovych was the fourth president of Ukraine from 2010 until he was removed from office in the Revolution of Dignity in 2014. Warning, the Russian propaganda version and justification for invading Ukraine. The Global Research article explains its view of history and why it came to the current crisis. Viktor Yanukovych, who had been called to the White House right after his 2010 electoral win and was asked by Obama to help to push his country toward joining NATO, though all of the opinion polls that had been taken of the Ukrainian public showed that the vast majority of Ukrainians viewed NATO to be their enemy, no friend of Ukraine. Yanukovych said no, and the Obama administration began by no later than 2011 to organize their coup to take down and replace Yanukovych so as to get Ukraine into NATO in order for America to become able to place its missiles only a five-minute striking distance away from Moscow, for a retaliation prohibiting Blitz nuclear first strike attack. During 2003-2009, only around 20% of Ukrainians wanted NATO membership, while around 55% opposed it. In 2010, Gallup found that whereas 17% of Ukrainians considered NATO to mean protection of your country, 40% said it's a threat to your country, Ukrainians predominantly saw NATO as an enemy, not a friend. But after Obama's February 2014 Ukrainian coup, Ukraine's NATO membership would get 53.4% of the votes, one-third of Ukrainians would oppose it. The 2014 coup in Ukraine was about two things, getting Ukraine into NATO, and seizing Russia's biggest naval base, which ever since 1783 has been in Crimea, which Crimea, the Soviet dictator had transferred to Ukraine in 1954 while still continuing Crimea as the Soviet Union's biggest naval base. Obama, already by no later than June 2013, was planning to grab that naval base and turn it into yet another U.S. naval base. However, in order to get that coup-installed new regime to last as being a democracy, Obama needed to be sure that Crimea, which had voted 75% for Yanukovych, and that Donbass, which had voted more than 90% for Yanukovych, be ethnically cleansed of those especially favorable toward Russia voters. So, promptly as soon as the Obama-installed government received the reins of power in Ukraine, Ukraine's top generals were replaced by rapidly anti-Russian ones, who planned this ethnic cleansing of those terrorists, in what they called their anti-terrorist operation, or Otto, in, especially, Donbass. Donbass with Luhansk and Donetsk is the farthest east part of Ukraine's east. Only Crimea was even more anti-U.S. than was Ukraine's east. Donbass was the most pro-Russian part of that east. Those were therefore the two regions where Obama especially needed the ethnic cleansing, the otto. But it also was done in Odessa, and in other Ukrainian cities that had voted heavily for Yanukovych. This would be the democratic way to produce a permanently Nazi-controlled Ukraine. The Obama administration was demanding that Ukraine quickly conquer Donbass, and, since the only air power over that region was Ukraine's air force, Ukraine relentlessly bombed Donbass. One of their bombers got shot down, but that was only a minor loss for the U.S. installed regime. Overall, the bombings caused massive devastation in Donbass. Nonetheless, the U.S. government's hopes for a military conquest of Donbass were not fulfilled, and this got us to the current situation. When, on 15 February 2022, the U.S. government closed its embassy in Kiev and relocated it to Lviv, which is the Ukrainian city that was the most ardently pro-Hitler during WW2, it scrubbed from its computers, and from the web, its correspondences concerning the secret joint U.S.-Ukrainian bioweapons labs that have been built in Ukraine since the Obama coup. The U.S. government likewise had established secret Pentagon bioweapons labs in Georgia. The U.S. government not only allows Ukraine to firebomb Donbass but America's think tanks that have discussed those firebombings have said the Ukrainian government needs to do more of it. Ukraine's Nazis also target school buses, so as to kill children, in parts of Ukraine that had voted heavily for Yanukovych. Furthermore, in the more right-wing parts of Ukraine, Nazis are invited into classrooms in order to spread anti-Russia hate and provide literature encouraging the students to join their movement. This was the situation before Russia invaded Ukraine on 24 February 2022. Original post by Global Research entitled Its Evidence Why Ukraine is Run by Nazis. E-Turbo News. Russia recognized the two major cities in the Donbass region as independent states. Donbass and Donetsk People's Republic. E-Turbo News followed the developments in that region in 2014 extensively. Click here. University of Rochester. University of Rochester Historian explains how Ukraine's history is intertwined with Russia's, but also with that of many other nations, empires, ethnicities, and religions. It's a complicated history. But I want to be clear that what's going on in Ukraine now is a brutal act of aggression with absolutely no justification, says Matthew Leno, an associate professor of history at the University of Rochester, who is an expert on Russian and Soviet history, Stalinist culture and politics, the history of mass media, and Soviet soldiers in World War II. While the history of the Ukrainian state probably cannot be traced back any earlier than 1918, Leno says, to be clear, today Ukraine is a nation-state, where polling in elections indicates that the vast majority of Ukrainians want to preserve their independence. Russian President Vladimir Putin has made several dubious historical arguments, most notably in his 5,000-word essay, On the Historical Unity of Russians and Ukrainians, published on the Kremlin's website in July 2021. In it, he elaborates on his assertion that Ukrainians and Russians are, one people, as a precursor to and defense of Ukraine's invasion. For instance, Putin claims that Ukraine didn't exist as a separate state and had never been a nation. Instead, he argues, Ukrainian nationality was always an integral part of a triune nationality, Russian, Belarusian, and Ukrainian. Putin also writes that Russians, Ukrainians, and Belarusians share a common heritage, the heritage of a realm known as Kievan Rus' 862-1242, which was a loose medieval political federation located in modern-day Belarus, Ukraine, and part of Russia. When Putin says this is the heritage of these three Slavic peoples, in one sense, he's not wrong. But there's no continuous line to be traced from this loose river confederation to the Russian state and there is also no continuous line to be traced from this loose confederation to the Ukrainian state, says Leno, who is the author of Closer to the Masses, Stalinist Culture, Social Revolution, and Soviet Newspapers, Harvard University Press, 2004, and The Cure of Murder and Soviet History, Yale University Press, 2010. He is currently finishing his third book, tentatively titled Emotions, Experience, and Apocalypse in the Red Army, 1941-1942. Ukraine, for its part, also points in its declaration of independence to a continuously existing state from 1000 CE. Says Leno, today, both Russians and Ukrainians are making claims about their direct descent from Kievan Rus that are simply mythical and wrong. Over the course of centuries, the area that is today Ukraine has been alternatingly swallowed up, controlled, or taken over by the Mongol Empire, later the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth, the Austro Hungarian Empire, and the Russian Empire, while Crimea was at one point a client state of the Ottoman Empire. Between the world wars, portions of western Ukraine were ruled by Poland, Romania, and Czechoslovakia. In short, Ukraine's territorial and ethnic history is complicated and complex, Leno says. Of course, its history is closely intertwined with Russian history, he adds. But it's also intertwined with Polish history, with the history of the Greek Orthodox Church, even Romanian history, and the history of the Turkic peoples on the Eurasian steppe. Here the Rochester historian fact checks several of Putin's historical claims and discusses the ideas of nationhood and statehood, particularly with regard to Ukraine. What about Putin's claim that Ukraine needs to be denazified today? Does Ukraine have a neo-Nazi problem? Putin's claim of fighting for denazification in Ukraine distorts history. It's another pretext to justify his invasion. L E N O E. It's a very complicated situation. The memory of the Holocaust and the far-right O U N, the organization of Ukrainian nationalists that was founded in 1928, is part of why Putin claims there are fascist or neo-Nazi elements in Ukraine. Indeed, it's troublingly that in 2012 Stepan Bandera, an anti-Semitic Ukrainian ultranationalist leader involved in terrorist activities and a known Nazi collaborator, was officially named, Hero of Ukraine, by the government. Yet I should also note that there was a lot of liberal opposition to this in Ukraine. And yes, it's true that there was and is a kind of a Ukrainian national, neo-Nazi movement that looks back, for example, to the SS in World War II as a positive memory. The election support for those people peaked in 2012 at about 10%, since then it's dropped to below 5%. In Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine now has a Jewish president who lost relatives in the Holocaust. So, yes, there is anti-Semitism in Ukraine, but it's not overwhelming. And Putin's claim that the Jewish Zelensky is a kind of neo-Nazi, well, we're getting into some really preposterous territory here. Putin is a desperate man, Russia's international position before this invasion was weak, and now it's far more so. Putin's invasion is the act of a desperate man who actually thinks there is an existential threat to Russia because of a possible NATO expansion. And it's his hubris. It's a sign that people aren't necessarily rational, and that simple-minded versions of rational choice theory don't work. This is a move that's irrational on every level, that might even lead to Putin's being overthrown by, for example, a military coup. In a sense, it's his emotional attachment to these kinds of historical claims and also a sense that the collapse of the Soviet Union was a humiliation that must be avenged. In 2014 E-Turbo News published about the civil war in the Donbass region extensively. A personal view by our Donbass ambassador was published in 2014. This is a personal view on the situation in Ukraine by the ETN representative based in Donetsk, Ukraine. It was published by E-Turbo News in 2014 and is extremely timely today. Well, I am not a politician and I am not a supporter of the Putin regime. I am a person who was born and raised in the Donbass region which is located in eastern Ukraine. When I was born it was still part of the Soviet Union. The growth and development of the region began with the discovery of coal deposits and thousands of disadvantaged, poor workers migrated from remote regions of the Russian Empire. This region has always been inhabited by the Russian-speaking majority. The Crimean Peninsula is the pearl of Ukraine and was annexed by Russian Empire in 1783 during the Russo-Turkish War. Often not taken into account, the indigenous population of the Crimean Tatars, who make up more than 10% of the Crimean population. On 19 February 1954, the Presidium of the Supreme Soviet of the Soviet Union issued a decree transferring the Crimean Oblast from the RSFSR to the Ukrainian SSR but the population of Crimea was a Russian majority. With the collapse of the Soviet Union, Crimea became part of the newly independent Ukraine which led to tensions between Russia and Ukraine. With the Black Sea Fleet based on the peninsula, worries of armed skirmishes were occasionally raised. Crimean Tatars began returning from exile and resettled in Crimea. On the 26th of February 1992, the Verkhovna Soviet, the Crimean Parliament, renamed the ASSR as the Republic of Crimea and proclaimed self-government on the 5th of May 1992, which was yet to be approved by a referendum to be held the 2nd of August 1992 and passed the first Crimean Constitution the same day. On 6 May 1992, the same parliament inserted a new sentence into this constitution that declared that Crimea was part of Ukraine. For more than 200 years, this region has been pro-Russian, and it would be strange if the existing management of the region obeyed pro-nationalists in Kyiv. Today's crisis shows not only the expansion and imperialistic ambitions of Russia towards the lost parts of its former empire, but it's also the reflection of the people's will of that territories. A pro-Russian part of Ukraine, the southeast has large cities, industry, workplaces, the Black Sea. Historically Donbass is a pro-Russian area. 200 years ago, it was a desolate, so-called wild field. The leaders from western Ukraine consider it was inappropriate to have two official languages in existence. It is not only two opposite sides when we have rich-cultured western Ukrainians with European values and the rough-corrupt part from the east Ukraine who just do what Putin wants. I am on the side of the «westernization» of Ukraine but if we have a «revolution» we need to count the interests of different groups of our population. If we have a new government in Kyiv why not have Crimea become independent, or become a part of something else? It was a big mistake when Ukraine obtained independence and became the unitary state with such a big difference between regions. My point of view is that Ukraine can keep its current boundaries only as a federative state where regions are having wide autonomy. Today's crisis shows not only the expansion and imperialistic ambitions of Russia towards the lost parts of its former empire, but it's also the reflection of the people's will of that territories. A pro-Russian part of Ukraine, the southeast has large cities, industry, workplaces, the Black Sea. The leaders from western Ukraine consider it was inappropriate to have two official languages in existence. It is not only two opposite sides when we have rich cultured Western Ukrainians with European values and the rough corrupt part from the East Ukraine who just do what Putin wants. I am on the side of the Westernization of Ukraine but if we have a revolution we need to count the interests of different groups of our population. If we have a new government in Kyiv why not have Crimea become independent or become a part of something else? It was a big mistake when Ukraine obtained independence and became the unitary state with such a big difference between regions. My point of view is that Ukraine can keep its current boundaries only as a federative state where regions are having wide autonomy. In the meantime, my suitcase is packed. Today he is a U.S. citizen and is living in the United States looking at the current development with horror. Click to read more coverage on eTurbo News about Donbass, dating back from 2014, the beginning of the civil war in Ukraine ongoing now for eight years. eTurboNews.com. Like the rest of the civilized world, eTurbo News is strongly condemning the unprovoked and brutal attack by Russia on the people of Ukraine. There is so much leading to the story, but nothing justifies an invasion and the killing unfolding in Ukraine.